You're listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we are joined with a really cool guest that I'm super excited to have on because as an apartment syndicator, one of the questions I get most is about a qualified retirement accounts. How can I invest with my 401k money? How can I invest with my IRA money? So today, we actually have Rachel Neighbors with Solo401k.com here to answer all of those questions. So we have been referring Solo401k.com to our investors for for multiple projects. We've had um, several different investors uh, use their their product to roll over funds and um, and invest in our deal. So we're super excited to have her on the show to uh, break down the details of, of what this all involves. Rachel, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Sterling. Great to be here. So Rachel, where do you usually start with, you know, because this is a foreign concept to a lot of people. So Typically, the first time I bring it up to a non real estate investor, you know, someone who doesn't spend their time like me reading this stuff and and listening to these podcasts, you know, our typical engineer or lawyer who, or somebody who has a 401k that does might not know that they really have any other options besides what their company puts it in. So where where do you start on the subject? Sure. Well, um, so we've been helping investors get what we call checkbook control of their retirement assets for going on 18 years now. And I would say probably the most common question or exclamation that I hear from people is, you mean I can really invest in that? And what a lot of investors don't know is that it's completely legal. The IRS is totally okay with you using your IRA funds and your 401k funds to invest in assets like real estate. I love real estate myself. I hold it inside my own retirement plan. Um, So it's just a great vehicle. Lots of people have lots of money in their retirement funds, and they usually think they're really boxed in to sticking with just traditional equities like Wall Street. But that's just not true. Why is that? Why is that the narrative for so long? And why is so much of the general public just, I mean, not not in a rude way, but ignorant to the subject that the, the fact that they can invest in these alternative assets? Yeah, you know, it's actually a really legitimate question. And I think one that a lot of people are starting to ask um, with more people and more investors coming online right through the Internet. We're starting to learn more and more what we can invest in. And our CEO and founder, Jeff Neighbors, calls this the alternative inversion. And this is where people that had maybe historically, traditionally been only thinking about stocks, bonds, index funds, mutual funds, are now having a whole world opened up to them. Apartment syndications, single family rentals, private placements, venture capital, crypto, Bitcoin, private equity, startups. All of these are investments that are gaining traction, not only with personal funds, but what we're really excited to see is that they're now gaining even more traction in retirement funds as well. Awesome. So what specifically can people invest in when it comes to these types of qualified retirement plans? Because there are limitations. I mean, you can invest in real estate, but you can't. You can't invest in all real estate, right? So what are the parameters that we need to continue to operate in? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. And I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because this is important to follow the rules. You know, while you have a lot of freedom and flexibility in the plans that we create and provide for our clients, you still have to follow the IRS rules. Fortunately, the rules are pretty straightforward. Um, and really, it's not so much sterling about what you can't invest in. It's who you can't invest with. So pretty much all real estate deals are on the table. Single family rentals, duplexes, apartment syndications, getting into private placements, mortgage lending, holding private notes, secured, unsecured. Um, all of these are completely on the table for a 401k or solo 401k, I should be specific. If you're working the normal job, your company 401k is probably not going to let you invest in real estate. We can dig into the nuances of why a yeah. solo 401k lets you do that in a little bit. But let's say you've got a solo 401k and you're looking at a property. It's totally okay and legitimate for your 401k to buy that property, hold that deed, invest as a limited partner in a syndication. What you can't do, however, is mix in your own personal money or your own personal sweat equity to that same deal where your 401k is invested. So a couple of examples here. If your 401k is buying a single family rental, you can't live in that rental. Your immediate family can't live in that rental. You got to use, have some sort of a third party unrelated renter. If you're using your solo 401k to invest as an LP in a syndication, you can't also be the GP. Your solo 401k needs to be the LP only. We've got a lot of training education to make staying and you know coloring within the lines pretty easy. Um, but that's really the main strokes of how to keep these deals compliant. So I have I have some more specific nuanced questions about this particular issue because it, it comes up a lot. You know, if an investor wanted to, to flip a house, is that something they could do with their own 401k funds? And, and if they could, is there parameters like they, they probably couldn't be in there swinging a hammer. But if they hired a, a third party contractor to do all the work and then hired a real estate agent to list it, is that an acceptable use of the funds? So I would say yes, probably. Now, of yeah. course, before we proceed, this is this is a podcast. This is a radio show. I am not a substitute for your investment advisor or your CPA. This is not tax legal or investments. What I can tell you is, you know, when it comes to attorneys um, and where they fall on the flipping issue, most attorneys will generally agree that if you're only doing a couple of these deals per year, and I actually don't even call them flipping when they're happening in a solo 401k, I would call it buy, rehab, resell. So when you're doing these buy, rehab, resell deals, and you're sticking to maybe two or three per year, that's probably okay. But if you're someone that's churning and burning through a deal every 60 to 90 days, the IRS might start to think that you're actually running a business and they don't want you running a business using tax-deferred retirement funds. Now, that doesn't mean you can't flip in your 401k. You can. But if you go over that threshold and the IRS thinks you're running a business, you lose all those tax-deferred privileges. And now you're back to paying taxes on those flips, back to paying capital gains. And you really just, you don't gain any of the awesome benefits of using the 401k. So buy, rehab, resell. Okay, if you're doing a couple deals of those per year. But if you're really a flipper by trade, that's your business, then that business activity should be conducted outside 
of retirement funds. And you're right, Sterling, that whoever's doing the rehab is not you. It's not your business. It's not your immediate family. You're using third parties for that. So another another nuanced question, same topic, different process, um, rental properties. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things, and and I might be showing my ignorance on this subject. It's been a long day, but I, I feel like I read somewhere a long time ago that holding rental properties in a tax deferred program is kind of like it's almost it, it it does something with the depreciation that makes it almost not as beneficial. What is the relationship between the depreciation tax advantages we typically? Uh, enjoy as long-term real estate holders versus like how that behaves within a tax deferred retirement account? Totally. That's a great question. And you know, one of my mentors told me you can hate taxes and love the tax code. So I'm a real estate investor as well. Part of the reason why we rely on depreciation and losses, what's the point of that? It's to reduce the amount of taxes that we have to pay, right? That's why we take that depreciation. That's why we take those losses so that the amount of taxes that we're paying to the IRS on that rental are going down. You have to really flip the script when you're using a 401k because there are no taxes that are due on that property. All of that rental income that's coming in during the year is tax deferred. It's not added to your income taxes. It's not adding, kicking you up into a higher tax bracket. If you sell the property, you're not paying capital gains because that money from the profits is staying inside a retirement fund. You don't have to do any 1031. So I hear people sometimes say, oh, but you can't write off any of the depreciation. You can't write off any of the losses. And I would say to them, yeah, but you're also not paying any taxes on the gains. No, absolutely. No, and, and it and and it's so funny how people's view of of tax savings can get. But to your point, yeah, there's not that a there's not that additional benefit because you're already getting the full benefit. Yeah, it would be a different story if all that income that was coming in, you were ending up paying taxes on. But when it's in this wrapper of this tax deferred structure, you're not exposed to those taxes. So that depreciation and losses just doesn't buy you any benefit because you're not paying those taxes in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So let's hop over for a minute back to uh, solo 401ks and self-directed IRAs. So my question here is um, what's the difference? When might one go with one or the other? Because, you know, from all the literature as a real estate student that I've been studying over the years, they all, they, the terminology they use over and over again is self-directed IRA, self-directed IRA. But every time I send somebody to y'all, they come back with a solo 401k. <laughs> so I'm just wondering. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So really these two retirement plans, they live in different sections of the tax code. So they follow different rules. Um, now this is total nerd alert here, but IRAs live in section 408 of the Internal Revenue Code. And 401ks live in, you probably guessed it, section 401, subsection K. So they really have different rules. And at the end of the day, they're for different people. IRAs are for individuals. 401ks are for business owners. Now in 2022, one thing that's really interesting is so many people qualify to be business owners. If you're a realtor and you're earning 1099 commissions, you're a business owner. If you're a GP in a syndication, 
you're a business owner. So the definition of who can qualify for a solo 401k these days with the gig economy, the creator economy, independent contractors, freelancers is huge. Why might I want to qualify for a solo 401k versus just going with the traditional IRA? Is it the, yeah. is it the, the limits of contribution kind of like with a traditional 401k and an IRA? Yeah, there's a few reasons in general, and then there's one that's really specific to real estate investors. So the general, I guess you would say, advantages of a solo 401k over a self-directed IRA. And listen, if you don't qualify for a solo 401k, a self-directed IRA is a truly legitimate vehicle to consider. We establish things called a checkbook IRA, which lets you have access to all the same deals a solo 401k might have. So if you are not a business owner, you're not out of the loop, there's still options for you. But when I'm talking to people and we're sort of diagnosing which account might be a better fit, the solo 401k does have some distinct advantages. You already got one of them, Sterling, which is the contribution limits. So with a normal IRA, you can put in about six grand per year. With a solo 401k, you can put in $61,000 per year. Wow. So that's substantial. Yeah. And those can all be Roth or they can all be tax deductible. So let's say you're earning 160 grand as a realtor, getting some commissions, and you throw 60 grand of that into a solo 401k, now your taxable income is only 100 grand. In many cases, this can even bump you down to a lower tax bracket. And now you're aggressively growing your wealth and your retirement plan. So that's one, that's giant. Number dos is something called a participant loan. This is um, also available in a lot of corporate 401k plans. Um, It's not, unfortunately, available in most of the brokerage firm solo 401ks, but we do have it available for our clients. The reason I bring this up is this can be really helpful for business owners or investors who need quick access to capital. You can take a loan, a personal loan from your own solo 401k plan for 50% or $50,000, whichever is less. You don't add that money to your taxable income. You have five years to pay your own 401k back. 100% of the interest on the loan goes right into your 401k. So you get to be the bank. You get to be the middleman and pay yourself the interest back. And we've had a lot of syndicators come to us over the years. Maybe they need a little bit of money to fund the GP to get the fundraising rolling. Using the solo 401k and that loan can be really advantageous. Now, the real estate specific, go ahead. So if you already covered this and I missed it, I apologize. Uh, I specifically remember bumping into something in corporate America where if you borrow from your 401k, you, you're limited to how much you can contribute for a year or something. Is Do we have any of those limitations here? Nope. Okay. None. Cool. None. Now, a real estate specific um advantage for a solo 401k over something like a self-directed IRA is anytime a self-directed IRA invests in a property that uses leverage, pretty much every syndication, there's something called unrelated debt financed income tax. I told you, nerd alert. They also call this UDFI. It's a type of UBIT. I know, more acronyms unrelated business income tax. Essentially, we just call it the mortgage tax. And this tax is levied on IRAs whenever leverage is used on a property. 
but it doesn't apply to 401ks. So if there's two people investing as LPs in the exact same syndication, and one is using an IRA, and one is using a solo 401k, the investor using the solo 401k is ultimately going to come out better off because he's not going to lose any of those prop profits to taxes. Awesome. 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 So what are some other commonly frequently asked questions that, that you see when you know, new investors come in to, to rotate those funds over? You know, a lot of um, a lot of people sometimes have a side gig these days. Maybe they work a normal job and they're doing some realtor work on the sides on the weekends. Um, a lot of times, people will ask me if it's okay to have two four hundred one ks at the same time. Maybe you work your corporate job and you have your side hustle, and the answer is yes. You can be contributing to your four hundred one k at work, and you can contribute to your solo four hundred one k at the same time. So there's really an opportunity to put away a lot of money. Awesome. What, um, what other gotchas have you come across that, that people that caught people off guard when they came to transfer the funds over? Is there when any, they come to transfer funds or just well, sort of use it in general or to use it in general? Is there, what, is there any kind of examples you can think of when people came to you expecting to be able to do something and then for some reason they couldn't? Any limitations that we're not thinking about? There might be a couple, sure. So if you're trying to transfer money from your current employer, you still work there. You've got money in a 401k. They don't have to let you take the money out. So if you are hoping to open a self-directed IRA, checkbook IRA, or a solo 401k, it's definitely worth asking your current employer, just ask HR, if they will allow you to do a partial in-service distribution. What this basically means is, can I have some of this money and roll it to another retirement plan while I still work here? Hopefully they'll say yes, since you sound like you know what you're talking about, but they don't have to say yes. How often do you find this? Because I had I had a potential investor in our last project and he was very interested in using funds that were with his current employer's 401k. And I just told him, I, I don't think you can do that. So Am I wrong? For obviously, I'm wrong. You're not for, wrong. Well, you're not wrong, but you know the the rules are made by the 401k plan administrator. And if you've got a big company 401k, then they make money on fees, collecting fees on the money in the plan. So they're not going to make it easy for you to get your money out of their plan because then their fees go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think nowadays to try to be more competitive, more and more 401k plans are giving people, even at the big corporate level, are giving people some more flexibility. Awesome. 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 What, um, what else are you seeing in the marketplace around, around people moving their money over? Um, you know, when I first started working in this industry going on 11 years ago, doing rollovers and transfers into a solo 401k were really annoying. Um, Even in my own uh, experience, I had releasing custodians tell me that the solo 401k was illegal. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, there is a page on irs.gov specifically dedicated to a solo 401k plan. The IRS knows about it. We talk to the IRS all the time. Our documents are personally approved by the IRS. This is a normal thing. Um, So I think one thing that I've seen over the years is um, 
the education around solo 401ks is really improving. Uh, we're seeing a lot mm. less roadblocks of people's transfers getting delayed or denied because the truth is more and more custodians know that this is a legitimate vehicle now. So I have two questions. I'm going to spit them both out, even though you can only answer one at a time. I have a tendency to forget. The first one, which you can answer second, is about, is there any political or legislative list uh, risk to this process that we need to be worrying about maybe coming down the pipeline? But before we get, and, and now I've already forgot the, the first question. The, I can start oh, there if you want. Go ahead. I, I, know, I know what the first question was. Um, what, how long does it take? Because a lot of times, you know, people come to me and they say, well, I'd love to invest in that deal, but you know, I, I hadn't even started the process. And I'm like, well, we're, we're not closing for a month. Like how quickly can they go from don't even know you to writing a check to my, my project? Sure. So the, um, you know, we brought the solo 401k to market in 2006, and it's been wonderful to see other companies grow up around us and to see this industry really mature. Uh, I would say that the industry standard right now is when you sign up for a solo 401k, they'll get you your documents in anywhere from, you know, four or five business days to a couple of weeks. When you sign up with Neighbors Group on solo401k.com, we get you your documents in about two hours. So we've really leveraged and built a lot of technology to make it really Really easy for you to sign up and get started right away. The transfers are the wild card. I tell people to give five to seven business days to complete their transfers. But meanwhile, in the background, we're helping you open bank accounts, open brokerage accounts, uh, open crypto exchange accounts. So once you receive those rollover funds, you can start investing right away. From signing up on our platform to having the money in hand ready to invest is usually done in less than two weeks. Awesome. And, and, and a caveat is that as assuming we're doing everything on our end, right? If you ask for exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Please, please sign the documents when we send them to you. Please, you know, make sure that everything is in order when we ask you for clarification, because of course that makes things flow a lot more smoothly. Um, now I want to discuss your question about legislation, because I think that's really important. So at the end of last year of 2021, there was a bill that was proposed called the Build Back Better bill, which mm -hmm. could have really um, put a, a kink in some people's plans when it comes sure. to how to use a solo 401k or even an IRA. Essentially, Congress was threatening to get rid of backdoor Roth IRA conversions, period, which would have really hurt a lot of people. Fortunately, that bill did not pass. Um, so that structure, the solo 401k, the checkbook IRA are still totally in the clear. They have no legislative hurdles or anything that we see coming down the line. Now, sometimes I talk to people and they are a bit, you know, concerned or questioning whether or not having a plan where you're really in charge of your own money, isn't that a flag to the IRS? Is this going to make me more of an audit risk or a target? And fortunately, the answer is no. As I mentioned, the IRS uh, literally has a page on their website all about solo 401ks. We've been working collaboratively with them since 2006 and with the Department of Labor. So if this is something that they're totally attuned to, they know what's going on with these structures, they know the plan providers, and um, there's no evidence that any increased audit risk happens when you have one of these plans. Awesome. 
Is there, before we move to the radio round, is there anything else that you feel of value that we need to share with our guests? Any frequently asked questions that I, I haven't asked? Um, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily a frequently asked question, but, and I think that your listeners, Sterling, are probably more open-minded than others that are out there. But I think it's just really important to come back to that alternative inversion. You know, we're no longer in a world where people are just holding stocks and bonds in their retirement portfolio or their personal portfolio either. This is the era where people are investing in startups and crypto and real estate and syndications. And there's no reason to deny your tax deferred structure, your 401k, your IRA, those same big profits and benefits. So if this is something that you've never really thought of or considered before, then I would encourage you to do your research and do your due diligence and, you know, whip up a spreadsheet or talk to your mentor and put together side by side that profit and see how much more you can actually keep when you're also including assets in your retirement plan in this alternative inversion when you're investing in things like real estate and you don't have that same tax exposure. I'm not saying you need to go all in on only investing in real estate in your 401k or only outside. I just think that it merits discussion for inclusion in your portfolio based on your risk tolerance. Awesome. Absolutely. So for our radio round, we just got three quick questions for you. The first one is, what is your favorite book? Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. What is it? Atlas Shrugged. Okay. I Ayn Rand. Okay. What is your favorite quote? Also an Ayn Rand quote. She says, if you do not know, the thing to do is not to get scared, but to learn. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. And what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? Um, either hiking, rock climbing, or going to hip-hop dance class, even though I am not a good dancer. <laughs> okay. And how can our listeners find out more about you, do business with you, connect with you, learn from you? Yeah, we actually have a special uh, link set up for um, your listeners. You can go to solo401k.com slash Crestworth Capital and learn all about the Solo 401k, the checkbook IRA, schedule a complimentary one-on-one -on -one consultation with our specialists and learn how this might be a benefit to you. That's at solo401k.com slash Crestworth Capital. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. I learned a ton. I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm really excited. I'm counting under the table. I'm counting the number of my investors and potential investors, you know, that I'm going to send this, this recording directly to as soon as it airs, because it answers a lot of the questions that they've been having. So one of the topics that I get, I get asked about probably the most. So um, thank you for joining. I, I, I'm definitely going to include that affiliate link in, um, in, in our, our email campaigns to make sure to get it in front of as many people as possible, because I think a lot of people are not even thinking about this as being a, an opportunity. So huge, huge amount of, of information we covered today. Again, thank you so much. And I'll certainly uh, be in touch. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show brought to you by Crestworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. 
You can also visit us at CrestworthCapital.com or RentRollRadio.com or follow us on Facebook at RentRollRadio or at CrestworthCapital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at RentRollRadio.com or sterling at CrestworthCapital.com. We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.